2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is an in. special report. Now reporting
2: the very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg.
0: Six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure? Um, you're not Don. It
1: stands uh, but it's done. not
0: now
2: from the ESPN
0: New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. The one
3: of your show is number one. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to ENN. Ray Row. Just on Ray Row. On wee Not TV, and of course. No Michael K. You- <laughs> I'm Anthony Pusick in for Peter Rosenberg this week, and we start off a little differently. Usually we say good evening to Dan and good evening to Mike, but I figured we would say good evening to our friends on the show. Usually, hi, Michael.
2: Don has definitely thought about Dan Grasso nude.
3: Okay. That's interesting. Wow. Don, how are you?
2: I've New. never had a dream about
1: Dan.
3: Okay, so somebody's lying. Uh, Michael, how are you?
2: Oh, you would take Gross because you want to make out with him. Wow! Wow! Uh, Don Gross is not bad looking.
3: We do this about once a year, Dan, where I just play these for you, just to make you. So it's good to hear from the guys, at
0: least. It's nice to hear from the guys. It's, it's
3: good for the you know, and they're going to be back soon. And you are an instrumental part of, had been an instrumental part of our show, and now, starting on Monday. That's right. Seven to ten. Seven to ten, baby. Seven to ten. Locked in. Let's do it. Are you excited? Very.
0: Yeah. You Can't tell. Oh no, absolutely. I wouldn't have showed up this week if I wasn't excited about starting the I'll show. I'll tell
3: you, it's quite the warm
0: up. It is a good warm up. The
3: four-hour show. Four hours to the three hour show. Yeah, that's right. No, but it's gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna knock it
0: out of the park, as they say.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, here we go, guys. We've talked about it all day. Uh, the Jets have signed Dwayne Brown, two years, twenty-two million dollars per Adam Schefter. Uh, Of course, the Jets were in discussions with Brown before Makai Becton's injury on Monday. I imagine those talks ramped up uh, uh, significantly after Monday's injury. And what we found out on Tuesday that Becton will most likely be out for the season. Still haven't heard from that second opinion, but my guess is that he's probably out uh, for the season. We had Damian Woody on, oh, I don't know, about 30 minutes ago. um, And he spoke about uh, the Dwayne Brown signing.
2: I think it's a good move. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been to multiple Pro Bowls, a veteran in his league. I know he's getting up there, but he's still a veteran that's played some solid football last year. And you know, one thing you want to do is make sure your young quarterback is protected. This is a big year for Zach Wilson, and being able to bring in some reinforcement never hurts.
3: And we said he's going to be 37 at the end of August. He doesn't have OTAs. He's barely going to have any camp. Uh, we asked, Damian, if that's going to be a challenge for Brown.
2: The one thing about being a veteran, veteran players know their bodies better than anyone else. So the thing with Dwayne Brown is he might be in shape, but he's not probably not in football shape. But fortunately for him, they still have a month to get him ready as far as getting in physical shape before week one. So Dwayne Brown, I think he's like 37 years old. Obviously, he's probably going to have to be managed from day to day. But he's a veteran. He should know how to get himself ready to go.
3: Now, Dan, you mentioned this earlier uh, in the week about Ryan Khalil and how that worked out for the Jets, and he clearly was not in football shape and not ready. Not sure what Dwayne Brown's situation is, but it seems like a move that was necessary given the situation. I got a
0: great Ryan Khalil story that illustrates that point that you just made, but I'll save it for another day. Uh, I'll save it for the uh, bonus DVD. Well,
3: that's exciting. Yeah. I didn't know we had a DVD. Yeah, we did. Oh, for the wow. for the
0: Yes vehicle.
3: Oh, I when see. When we have. Oh, but this is a,
0: a radio only this week here. Um I would like to think, Mike, and you've been in these shoes, I would like to think that Joe Douglas and company have some certainty about where Dwayne Brown is
4: shape-wise. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think they have to have a path to get him to where he needs to be. I, I think what they're probably certain about is this is the best possible option they can get, and it's not about what he looks like on you know August 11th. It's really more about what he'll look like by September 11th.
0: No, but I mean, if they thought that there were any concerns, though, that he wouldn't get to that point. Come September 11th, right? They wouldn't yeah. make. They they wouldn't go yeah. ahead with this, though,
4: would but, they? But, but based on my experience, guys, chances are he's not in great shape. It's just hard to replicate the discipline and the cadence of an off season program and what would now be several weeks into training camp. I mean, that's why you have training camp and that's why you have the structure and off season program. So, I think what it's more about it's like what we could project in 30 days, and you know, give them credit. You know, they went out and. and with their hand they were dealt, they would try to make the best possible move they could.
3: Is that a hard decision to make, Mike, to know that a guy probably isn't in the shape that you would want him to be, but knowing that when he is healthy or when he is in the shape that he needs to be, he could be very helpful for your team? Yeah, I think point. it's just
4: one of those things, Anthony, where it's like, you know, it's probably like me being here for the week. You know, you looked around, you couldn't get anybody that you really wanted and said like, <laughs>
3: I don't think that was the case you at know, all. You know, you went alphabetically. And, you know. <laughs> Let's go down yeah. the list and see who's here. He, yeah. he can't do it.
4: He can't do it. Yeah. No, in all, in all seriousness, like, you, you realize that, like, hey, we're sitting here, like, good offensive linemen just don't grow on trees. What is the best possible solution given the situation we have?
0: Well, and, and, and didn't I say it earlier in the week, too? Like, anybody who's worth a damn is on a roster already. Pretty much. Like, yeah. you're right. not out on the street just because you want to be out on the street. You know, there's a reason to it. So, I think, though, hands down, I'm willing to roll the dice, Jets were willing to roll the dice, that he was going to be a better option than maybe any other in-house candidates at this point in time.
3: And we'll, of course, see the Jets tomorrow against the Eagles pregame right here, 6.30 on 98.7 ESPN, hosted by Greg Buttle and um, Dan Grossa. There you go. That's right. Dan will also be there. So Dan and Greg Buttle. 6.30. 6.30. There's got to be some
0: free food to have Buttle showed up. Well, you know what Buttle's in charge of? He char- always
3: brings the food. He always brings the always. food.
0: But you know what he's in charge of specifically what we put him in charge for this week? The Box of Joe.
3: Which is which for me and Dan will be Critical. essential, Critical. I would say. More, and more so. Because we got the show. You know, we got to do
0: the show tomorrow and then right, boom, onto the air for the Jets. So we don't have a chance to get out and, you know, pick some stuff up. So I told Greg, I said, Greg, you're in charge of the Box of Joe. You got to bring that bad boy in.
3: No days off, so no we hours can stay off. So caffeinated. That's right.
4: It's important. And, and, and does he... Uh does he handle those responsibilities oh, well?
3: Fanta- Anthony, right? It's unbelievable fantastic. It's unbelievable what he comes in with every weekend.
0: Better when it comes to adhering to his responsibilities, when it comes to bringing food and beverage, as he even was as a player.
3: And fantastic at Cornhole.
4: Whoever said he was good as a player.
0: Well, he's on the wow. 100th anniversary team. He'll remind you every, every five minutes.
3: <laughs> Greg, Mike, Greg will probably stop in and join us tomorrow. We could have that conversation with oh, him. Oh, he,
0: he's definitely joining us oh, at I, some point.
3: Of course. Well, he has to be here. I would hope he's here by the time we're off the air. Yeah, he's not shy about hopping on the air.
0: He'll do that for sure. And he's, and as you said, great cornhole player. Is he really? Great cornhole player. Sometimes, Mike, those fourth quarters get a little long with the, with the team over the years. So, you know, you make the best of it. We have, you know, things out there in the hallway like the cornhole. And go ahead and throw a couple.
3: Really is quite the time here on a Sunday. Um, so Jets tomorrow. We have fun. Jets tomorrow. We do have fun. Giants tonight. Uh, Giants take on the Patriots in Foxborough. Um, it has been reported that uh, from Mike Reese of ESPN that the Patriots will not play Mac Jones and most of their starters. The Giants will play their healthy starters, uh, allegedly. Um, but as we heard earlier from Dan, Pat Leonard tweeted out that Kadarius Tony not playing. And it's not a matter of – it is a matter of health. Uh, he didn't finish practice on Tuesday. And uh, they're saying that he is staying back in – uh, jersey for rehab uh, and we also know uh, that Leonard Williams will not play uh, tonight but for Chris Canty on Keyshawn J. Will, and Max earlier today and you can hear Chris sometimes on Greeny but all the time with Canty and Carlin on 1050 from 3 to 7 uh, on ESPN radio nationally um, he thinks that it'll be very important for one Jones to play tonight and that would be Daniel.
2: He needs to get the reps, especially in a new offense, right? This is going to be his first go-round trying to operate Brian Daybol's system, so you want to be able to get him those live reps, and I get that joint practices play a role in that, and the Giants are slated to have some this preseason, but also being in an actual game situation, right? Having to go from series to series, looking at the pictures on the sidelines, and then trying to make adjustments. Those things matter in terms of being able to get Daniel Jones to a place where he's able to be more productive than we've seen him in his first three years.
3: So Daniel Jones will at least get some reps tonight, which I think is important. And of course, you don't want him to get hurt. Uh, but I don't know. I, I put some emphasis on these. Just reps. don't get hurt. Don't just don't just get don't hurt. Just don't get hurt. Really. But if, if the Patriots aren't playing their starting defense, what are you really getting out of out of these? Nothing. Out of these reps tonight.
4: No, I don't think it's nothing. I think it's again, it's the repetition. It's having a new play caller. It's having no pre-snap penalties. It's having no turnovers. Get about out there for 15, 20 snaps. Get him a little bit of momentum and then get him out. See,
3: this is why Mike Tannenbaum, GM, I sit here. But uh, then
4: once you get to week one
3: lines. and they're in Tennessee,
0: and despite all the, the good things he might do or the, the flawless execution and stuff like that during the preseason, if it backfires on him, let's say, in week one, then almost like this stuff kind of falls by the wayside. Well,
4: so, look, I get what Mike's saying, but unfortunately— so, 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 did you prepare for today's show?
0: Do you think I prepared for today's show?
4: I think you thoroughly. did. Thoroughly. I the, think thoroughly. And if the show doesn't go great, does that mean like you shouldn't prepare in the future? Of course you should prepare. So preparing is just part and parcel of trying to put yourself in the best position possible. But we don't get judged on preparation. Right. But We get judged on results. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail.
3: I think our bosses check everything. Preparation,
0: post-production.
3: Do oh, yeah. I think so. Do
0: they check the refrigerator?
3: No, no, that's that's empty. That's um, different. I got a question. Do they check your passports to see who goes to Peru, the Peru. And, and,
4: goes, and goes on retreats? That's what I want to know.
3: I think we're getting H.R. In, in involved in the Peru in the Peru excursions uh, uh, going forward. If, if any I just want to know, like the
4: leak came out in no uncertain terms and said, Aaron Rodgers, if you want to go to Peru, you have our blessing.
3: And I'm just curious, does that is that the case here? I, you know, we'll ask Ryan and John tomorrow if we have the blessing to go to Peru. Right. We'll have a we we'll have, we'll have a team a team bonding experience. The South I mean,
0: Ma- the South American questions. That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, maybe like Dan. Maybe you want
4: to like let's put a ribbon on what we've talked about all week. Maybe we go seven to ten week nights from Peru. Oh, I like that. Are they the same time
0: zone as we are? I don't think so. Right? We could
3: probably look it up.
0: Yeah, so that we would have but to change okay. a little bit, but it would be okay for us. I mean, you would play well in the, in the Peruvian. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I'd be you know, I'd be a big addition to the uh, the, the Peruvian uh, atmosphere there. That's uh, good. I, I think the community,
3: so. guys. You know who's had a great camp? Just a fantastic camp from everybody that's reporting. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yes, and Chris Canty talked about him on KJM
2: as well. My guy Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants, loves him. I was with Wink down in Baltimore my last three years in the league, and Wink reserves high praise for guys that are actually go-getters. He's not going to sit there and blow smoke about this guy can do this and that if he's not legit, and Wink is high on Kayvon Thibodeau, what he brings to the table. He's got an amazing first step. He's still trying to figure a lot of stuff out, and you know that key, that outside linebacker position in an odd front defense. There's a lot of learning that's involved at the NFL level but this guy has all of the raw materials all of the tools that it takes to be a wildly successful edge pass rusher in this league
3: look as a Giants fan I don't know what to expect from this season uh, hopefully improvement that's not saying much that's a pretty low bar to clear but lay the foundation lay the foundation especially with this defense I mean with Wink Martindale l- liking safeties to be his play callers you're looking at probably Xavier McKinney who's a very young safety to be the play caller. Now I'm sure he's perfectly capable. Kayvon Thibodeau, obviously a high pick, uh, very highly sought after by by multiple teams, and somebody that they think is going to be a major factor in a pass rush that, quite frankly, I don't think has been good since Michael Strahan left. Of course, tongue-in-cheek, there's been Justin Tuck, O.C. Yara, but you get my point. Since they've won a Super Bowl, they haven't had much of a pass rush.
0: You know, true story, I actually have a Wink Martindale jacket.
3: Is that right? Yeah.
0: Why? I call it a Wink Martindale jacket. Okay, it's one of those like you know it, it's plaid heavy. Thought it was a cool look, but I call it the Wink Martindale jacket because you literally look like Wink Martindale, like sure. your host in you know the game show from back in the day.
3: And now he's calling plays for the Giants. And now and he's Eagles. calling
0: plays for the Giants. Do you think you think most people got that in reference or not really? Do you I, think I, like, I like they this. know the Wink? Ma- you don't know who Wink Martindale is?
3: I liked it. No, I get it. No. You get it. We've had we. I mean, you know, with, working with Michael and Don, sure. we, We've well, this joke, this joke has come up a couple times. It probably <laughs> led to that. <laughs> exactly but do you think most people know like wink martindale
0: like the game show host no i don't think so
3: that's sad that's sad. everybody everybody look it up that's what the internet
0: is for boys and girls yeah
3: great great game show host um
0: sharpen your minds
3: let's bring back diana rossini from get up talking about the patriots because they're not usually bill belichick will get give his first team some reps uh in playoff games not tonight uh diana why is that
0: I've never heard Mike report the way he's been reporting just about the confusion that's going on in New England, even following along with the other beat reporters on social media and, and, and peering in and, of course, having other conversations around the league and with sources I have in New England. This is not the same New England in August that we're used to, and I think that's something that we've got to wrap our heads around, that this may be a the transition without Josh McDaniel may be a lot harder
3: then perhaps what we're discussing here. Now, we might be blowing this completely out of proportion on August 11th with the season a month away, but Bart Scott's been on this air, Bart and Hahn, 12-3, 98-7, every day. Um, and about three, four weeks ago when they asked who was the worst team in the AFC East, he said the Patriots, and that is not a popular opinion. Uh, Bart doesn't have popular opinions sometimes, but more often than not, Bart Scott gets one big NFL shocking prediction correct, and – You're looking at, you didn't know if it was going to be Joe Judge or Matt Patricia calling the plays. Mm -hmm. Turns out it's going to be Matt Patricia. Second year for Mac Jones with a new offensive coordinator. Relatively same team system, what have you. But he doesn't have a lot of weapons to to be throwing to here. Is there a chance that the Patriots are not going to be what we expect? It's not Bill Belichick's going to figure this out this year. Is there some flaws?
0: I've been saying it right alongside Bart for months as well. Maybe not on this station, but to me on paper, on paper, the Patriots have the least talented team in the division.
3: When's the last time we've been able to say that? Like how long ago did the Patriots have the
0: before Parcells got there? Or maybe when Parcells first got there? Maybe 19- before
3: Mike Tannenbaum was the GM of the Jets. Easy. But, but you ninety know, three? But but whether that's true
4: or not, here's like the great equalizer to that comment. If we were drafting for one game right now the quarterbacks in the AFC East, I think we'd all say Josh Allen's one, clearly, Mac Jones is two, clearly. Zach Wilson's three and then two. So to me, like Mac Jones being the second best quarterback in this division may be the great equalizer. He took his team to the playoffs. If you carefully watch that Buffalo Bill playoff game, Mac Jones played really good football. It was the Patriot defense that never made Buffalo punt. So I think Mac Jones is being somewhat underrated. And I do think New England has some flaws on their roster, Dan. I wouldn't disagree with that. But what I would say is it's obviously it's a million miles from Tom Brady. But even after all these years, New England still has, like, a meaningful leg up over Miami and, and the Jets at the quarterback position. Until it's proved otherwise, for sure.
0: Now, now the thing about it, though, is, like, you know, Josh McDaniels not being there, right? Like, that's what everybody points to. He was a head coach of the Denver Broncos once upon a time. Didn't really work out that well. But if you go back to, like, 2009 when he left to go to Denver, Patriots didn't skip a beat. Bill O'Brien took over as the offensive coordinator and was calling the plays. But they also had Tom Brady that's that helps that's that's you know so i i I think brady's certainly way more important than whoever the hell is dialing up the plays this time around though is it going to have an impact on a second year quarterback who still really doesn't have a wealth of experience yet in the nfl i guess only time is going to tell
3: guys you know when somebody goes on a podcast and they put up a big giant graphic with a picture and a giant quote of whatever that person said yes whether it be you know any of the podcasts that we have here at ESPN, you go on ESPN Daily, and you say something, and they make like a big Oswaldo giant. Peraza. That right, Oswaldo Peraza, big giant block quote of Oswaldo Peraza and Boone saying that he's not coming up anytime soon, but he's next in line. Right. Well, Antonio Brown tweeted today. <laughs> he tweeted a picture of himself. By the way, like
0: if you say, can't you start like any story like Antonio Brown tweeted today,
3: and everybody already started laughing. Right. And you already know it's going to be good because everybody's going to perk up. So anytime Antonio Brown tweets, so I thought that he was posting a picture of somebody that quoted something that he said on a show. As far as I know, the only thing it says is Antonio Brown on his biggest regret from his own Twitter. So let's 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 read it. Sure, my, my biggest regret in my career doesn't involve calling my GM names or showing up to Raiders camp late in a hot air balloon with frozen feet. Or throwing rocks at that UPS driver, and it definitely doesn't involve taking my shirt off and doing a victory lap around Jet Stadium mid-game while throwing up deuces. That was fun to watch last year, by the way. My biggest regret is that I'll never. G- <laughs> oh man, my biggest regret is that I'll never get to see me Antonio Brown play a game live. Sure, I can watch the game afterwards, but I can't imagine what that was like for you all to see something like that, like watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks.
0: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get five dollars off with code Eight Save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Thoughts? Jesus doesn't strike me as a Red Rocks guy. You don't
3: think so? No. Mm -hmm. First and foremost. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's the first thing. And I don't think the Beatles ever played Red Rocks, by the way. No. And, and I don't, I think that like if I'm thinking like if Jesus is going to do like a, a sold out tour or something, and it'll be sold out probably. They'll move the tickets. I'm, I'm thinking Red Rocks probably is not going to make the cut. I could see like you know, his old stomping grounds probably. I could see how about this? Anthony, I could see the Hollywood Bowl before Red Rocks. I could see, Mike, I could see Central Park before Red Rocks.
3: I appreciate what you're doing here because I too have no idea what to make of whatever that is i mean i mean he thinks highly of himself certainly it's it's
4: just sad i mean it's just someone that just needs attention i mean it's just someone that is like crying out for attention i mean he is a guy with progenous talent you know he literally could have been the greatest wide receiver of this generation he was that good and that talented and by the way here's something else we should talk about His post-Steeler career exemplifies the greatness of Mike Tomlin. Think about for all those years, Mike Tomlin did an unbelievable job managing. Like we talk about the role of Aaron Boone or the resurgence of Buck Showalter or where Steve Nash has come up short. We've talked a lot about that this week, guys. But you want an infomercial of like what a great coach is? The best argument to put Mike Tomlin in the Hall of Fame isn't that he's had – He's never had a losing season. To me, the best argument you can make is, like, the job he did at maximizing the talents of guys that, let's face it, weren't always easy to match. Well, and that's
0: why you can't discount the Steelers this year, even with this tremendous uncertainty at the quarterback position, right? I mean, with Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, nobody knows what he's going to be.
3: The hands. The hands are the problem. Hands, right. Small hands. Big problem.
0: So, they're going to be a tough out. You know they will be. I don't know if they're a playoff team. But you know that anytime you step onto the field with them, and in this case, like you're the Jets, you got to go to Pittsburgh in Week Four. It's not going to be easy.
3: But Mike T, you're so right. Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, same locker room. Really, not a peep out of essentially any of them the way that they did once their careers left Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, is the, a, is a, is, yeah. is a big credit to how Mike Tomlin runs yeah. tight ship there. Hey,
4: let's face it, you think Bed Roethlisberger was easy to deal with? I mean, probably like, not. Yeah, so probably not. Yeah, and and those are things like you could never quantify, never shows up in a box score. But you talk about, like, greatness as a coach and getting the most out of your team, that's greatness. thousand percent.
3: thousand percent. So Antonio Brown loves attention. You know who doesn't love attention? This guy.
2: Two and one to Gallo. Bringing a fly ball to left center field. Well hit on its way, and it is gone. Oh, run. Joey Gallo with a pinch hit three-run home.
3: AM 570 LA Sports last night. Joey Gallo, pinch hit. Even the announcers were laughing. Pinch hit, three-run home run. Look, it's well documented that Joey Gallo had a rough time in New York. Um, I told you this, uh, Dan. Opposite field home run for Joey Gallo. You know how many opposite field home runs he had with the Yankees? No. Not a lot. Zero. No opposite field home runs. So, look, I don't know what it is about New York. Every uh, it, it gets everybody eventually. But certain athletes, whether it's just the pressure or feeling the need to be... Now, Remember now, I believe that his parents were born in Bensonhurst. So he, quote-unquote, from New York. Probably, certainly didn't grow up here. But something about New York, the Yankees, the pressure, just it just didn't work for him. Um, and it's not like he's tearing the cover off the ball in L.A. I think he's four for 15 with eight strikeouts. But guess what? That three-run home run was probably the difference in the game for them, uh, for, for the Dodgers last night. So...
0: But if it wasn't Joey Gallo, somebody else would have hit it. Yeah. That's it, just the way that's just the way the Dodgers rolled this year.
3: It's so funny that you mentioned the Cali thing, by the way. Let can we just take a listen to Joey real quick? Yeah.
4: I'm living by the beach right now, so that's pretty nice compared <laughs> what, to New he's York. He's been there you know? for
3: what, five days?
4: And he's got a beach. Now spot. he's already
3: got the surfer dude yep. thing going. He was in Texas for years. He was in New York. He didn't I didn't hear any York. But he grew up in Vegas. I'm like this. New York. I didn't hear that. He grew up in Vegas he, though so that's kind of west coastish. He grew up in Vegas so he's but he's definitely embracing the uh the beach culture out there and and Mike like you said some some guys New York's too too big of a place for them, or it's tougher for them, or whatever it is, and the change of scenery really does help them. Aren't those places though, like the beach places? Aren't they all like sold out already? Like you would think out
0: there. How do you get an apartment it, over there? Yeah, how do you get a like how, you get traded over the Dodgers? How do you get like a pad that
4: instantaneously right by the beach like that? Well, yeah, you, you have people that work for the organization, so you get them short-term housing. Basically, you know, when you make a trade like that, you want them to come in and just focus on their craft, do what you have to do. We'll take care of everything. Pay all your bills, like in terms of like utilities and all that. Like you just you play baseball, we'll handle everything else. You pay their bills? Well, what you, you do like like one stop shopping? Like they have that those executive places where mm-hmm. you just literally show up. Like, bring your toothbrush, we got everything else. Wow.
3: That's pretty amazing. Actually. I gotta get traded. You gotta get traded? Yeah. What well, did they do that? Wait, wait, hold on a, a
4: second. Like, like, you know, like a uh, churtoff's gone, but like let's say the fan would trade for you. Like, what would ESPN get? I don't know. Got to ask him. I don't. I don't negotiate. It. I was
3: wondering if you got your if they get if if you just had to bring your toothbrush here today, and John and Ryan said we'll take care of everything else. Yeah, haven't been traded, but you're now you're now a, a integral part of wow. the of the nighttime programming. Yeah, but, how, yeah, but how? long does like, that? Like, like
4: how long would the fan get? I don't know.
0: Well, why does it have to be them? It could be an it could be somebody else. Could be. It could be anybody. Or like Saskatchewan?
3: No. Oh wow. Going there's other the- there's
0: other media ventures in the city, not just radio.
3: The taxes to to for Saskatchewan would just be. That'd just be tough. The cost, the cost of living, would probably be a lot
0: easier though in Saskatchewan as opposed to here.
3: Certainly, you won't get a beach. uh, You won't be getting beach uh,
4: beach view.
0: No, you probably get like a. You could get a pond, and then you could do a lot of ice fishing. (laughs) Sure. Starting in like late October, probably up until you know May. You can make that your hobby. Yeah, Molson Molson would probably
4: sponsor your show. (laughs) There you go.
3: Wow! Look at what we're look what we're accomplishing. Little the bats maybe or something. Yeah, you haven't even started seven to ten. You're already on your way out. Wow. Uh, We'll tell Marshand anyway. um, Jalen Brunson. (laughs) Jalen Brunson on Barton Hahn. Remember How about that? He, remember, he had his press conference at MSG with Bill Pito, who did a fantastic job. For MSG. For MSG, I should say. And Bill Pito did a great job. Love Bill. Mm. Um, but he was on with Barton Hahn, and uh, they asked him, How does it feel to be back in New York?
1: I'm definitely excited to be back. I'm definitely excited to contribute to a place where I know very well I'm from just down 95. It's a special thing. And the fact that I know that people here have had relationships with some of the players, coaches, and the front office is bringing things full circle, so I'm very excited to be here.
3: Comfortability, obviously a theme here because we talked about how with Joey Gallup, he never really did get comfortable here. If you're from this area or you know people from this area and you get what is expected of you, especially as a Nick. To be a to be a person that uh, a player I should say that is going to become a Nick and have to hear Bing-ba! and all this after after a triple double overtime first game of the season against the at Eastern Conference champions then the eventual eventual Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics there's going to be a lot of pressure and Jalen Brunson understands that it is different.
1: I knew it because I kind of grew up in it, but to actually go through it is different. But if I didn't think I was ready for it, I don't think I would be here. I think I'm mentally and physically prepared for anything, honestly. So it's really nothing to me. And uh, if I keep the mentality like I have my entire career, entire life, that nothing really phases me, then um, I think I'll be all right.
3: No much more pressure than being the point guard of the New York Knicks. Um, but Jalen Brunson says he sees himself as a leader.
1: I think that's one thing that I always bring to the table is a voice. I've been a leader my entire life. I was raised by my parents to be a leader, not a follower. And so that's kind of been put into my DNA. I don't really know how to explain it. It's just how I've always been. I've always been a person that's vocal. I've always been a person to kind of not tell people what to do, but knowing my audience and know how to talk to certain people to try to get everyone on the same page. That's just how I've always been. And um, that's how I, I want to continue to be.
3: Nice to hear from Brunson saying all the right things as far as I'm concerned.
0: Jalen Brunson and Joey Gallo have something in common, you know that? What is that? They both have a beach house.
3: They both have a beach house.
0: Jalen Brunson has one at the Jersey Shore. Is that right? That's that's 100% accurate.
3: Wow. The, now,
0: lots of questions.
4: Like, does he have to pay his own utilities?
0: No, he, yes, he does now because it's his. This is one that he bought with his own hard-earned money. It's not like he was traded. That No, it's it's all his.
3: Yeah, He's, I'm sure I'm sure his dad helped him out a little bit. Kind <laughs> of scope out the area. Helped him out with the garage. With the garage. Cleaning out right. the garage. Exactly. Exactly Um, taking a look at Tom Brady, he's always nice to be in the news. Um, coach Todd Bowles said today that, uh, Tom Brady is going to be away from the team to deal with some personal things. It was already planned out. This is not something that was shocking to the Buccaneers, uh, but he'll return after the August 20th, uh, preseason game against the Tennessee Titans. Um, and it was already announced previously that Brady wouldn't play in the preseason opener against the Dolphins. So it's not like Brady was going to play just, I think an, an interesting story. Um, that, that he won't be there.
0: Do we uh, read anything more into that, though, guys? Well, I About think, him missing two weeks?
3: Yeah, I, I'm sure
4: what that is is, like, look, I'll come at the beginning of camp. I'll get reps with Russell Gage and Julio Jones, and then I want a little time off with my family, maybe get the kids back to school. And, uh, like, I, I'm i sure that was all worked out ahead of time. I'm sure he's going to do some throwing with Gronk while he's gone. So, um, if it was anybody but Tom Brady he'd say wow that's a big chunk of camp but like at his age like w- he's going to work out he's going to know what to do like
3: he's the one guy that could get away with this. I think you know he's taking care of himself.
4: Yeah, and I'm sure this was like part of the deal like hey, when I come back fellas like I don't want to go through training camp, you know, I got a couple of summers left with some of my kids. I want to go on a trip with them. And what what are the buccaneers going to say? No.
3: Yeah. But I it think they take him back,
4: but it just seems like very unBrady like to just up and leave. You're like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure, I guess. But some, that's that's my point. I'm sure he's not upping and leaving. I'm sure this was something that they planned. And candidly, like with the way like meetings can be on Zoom, he may not even miss any meetings. Like he may be with his family during the day, and he could pop on watch tape at night. He they're already probably working on some of the game plan for opening day against what Dallas. So he'll probably start watching Dallas tape. You know, he's not going to play for the next couple of weeks. So. I don't think this is the end of the world. And I'm sure for him, he's like, I got four months left in my football regular seasons. I'm going to be ready to go for Dallas. I I could take two more weeks off. And if you're Todd Bowles, like, obviously, you wouldn't do this for anybody else except for, you know, Tom Brady.
3: We have one more story. Yeah. I know we're a little over, but on this day, seven years ago, and thank you to Dan for pointing it out to me, was the day that Todd Bowles held the press conference to say that Geno Smith had a fractured jaw and would miss at least six weeks. And what happened on that day? I.K. and M, Kali punched him in the face over
0: $600. Can you imagine with inflation, if that happened today, how much he probably would have owed him? Then and, think about how much worse the damage could have been?
3: And the rest essentially is history because Geno never ended up starting again. Ryan Fitzpatrick took over, and that was that. And now Geno Smith's battling for for a job with Seattle.
0: And apparently he's the leader in the clubhouse from what you hear in Seattle. You believe that? Yeah, Gino Smith's a talented guy. Like that that doesn't shock me. And the funny thing about it though is like that year, that's really like the only success the Jets have had in a very very long time and yet they still ultimately came up short. You know, they won their 10 games but they lost that
3: game against th- the Bills. Yeah,
0: that last game, that game against, against, against the, Bills, the Bills, but still they won 10 games. Fitzpatrick and 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 Brandon Marshall and Decker they like set like franchise records offensively that year. Just a wild, wild few months that was in 2015.
3: Absolutely. And uh that will do it.